Welcome, welcome. This is Gabe Hernandez, your publisher from EIC for ComicalOpinions.com. It is Monday, November 27th, 2023. Uh, today's op-ed, we're going to look at a famous DC character by the name of Wonder Woman. Uh, if you're watching or you're listening to this newsletter, I'm sure you've heard of her, but if not, uh, she's considered part of the holy trinity of superheroes that, that are at the forefront of DC Comics which would also include Batman and Superman as the uh, characters that have been around the longest and have the greatest reputation and brand recognition around the world. But before we get started, please uh, like, share, comment, subscribe if you're watching on YouTube. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts or any pod uh, podcast platform of choice, please uh, leave a comment, uh, leave us a rating, let us know how we're doing. Even if it's a negative comment, we always want to know uh, what's going on and, and how you feel about how we're doing so we can improve and get better for you. Uh, so. The reason we we're talking about Wonder Woman today is because uh, Wonder, Woman, Wonder Woman issue number three came out this week uh, from writer Tom King, published by DC Comics, and it, it was kind of a doozy, <laughs> to put it mildly, it, not the, in a good way. The reason why it's generated so much buzz and, and maybe even uh, backlash is because the character is written well outside the accepted norms of what you would consider uh, Wonder Woman, who's been in the United States for a number of years at this point. Uh, she is acting wildly out of character for her ability to solve problems and to deal with uh, situations that are uh, should be easily solved by somebody of her power capabilities and the allies that she has around her, particularly within the Justice League. Uh, the secondary part of that issue, which we won't really cover, but it was really, uh, to me, particularly troubling, was the way Tom King handled the sensitive topic of PTSD and suicide among uh, veterans and soldiers who are injured or, or uh, sustained some kind of traumatic event in the course of combat, and that was really handled poorly. Uh, and so there you have a lot of people talking about this issue, but really for all the wrong reasons. But the reason we're going to talk about Wonder Woman specifically is because DC seems to be having trouble with getting that character uh, in a place of stature that is equal to her Trinity cohorts, namely Superman and Batman. They seem to be struggling with finding a writer that can tell engaging stories, that can elevate the character, that can do all kinds of things that would say, hey, I, instead of going to, to a comic book shop and saying, hey, I want a Superman comic. Oh, and Wonder Woman's there. Maybe I'll pick her up on the side. But really driving fan engagement to the point where Wonder Woman is the reason you go into an LCS rather than as a secondary reason or as an afterthought. Uh, the reason we wanted to cover that a little bit also is because there is a long string of creators, not just Tom King, that have uh, taken a crack at Wonder Woman and really done, I would say, at least at the best end of the spectrum, a mediocre job. But on the worst end of the spectrum, a terrible job. And this goes back several years. So if we take a look at some of the examples of writers that have come up in, in the last, say, five to ten years, we have Mariko Tamaki, uh, who picked up Wonder Woman after her uh, Batman run, which didn't go particularly well. And Mariko sort of took this character on an arc against Maxwell Lord and Maxwell's daughter named, uh, codenamed Liar Liar. And that arc didn't turn out particularly well, and it was sort of a mess, confusing, convoluted, didn't really go anywhere. And that was a problem for Wonder Woman, of course, because you want a story that engages. You want a story that where the character is elevated or, or comes off as cool or as a badass or whatever it is. But uh, that story really didn't do it. Then uh, Tamaki's run ended with Dark Knight's uh, Death Metal, which was uh, the big event that came out from, C from uh, Scott Snyder. And in the course of that event, which was a really big event, uh, Wonder Woman actually 
dies. She sacrifices herself to save the multiverse or the omniverse or whatever DC's calling it these days. The, the hope was that her sacrifice would allow her to kind of ascend to some kind of different state, maybe as a god, maybe as some kind of uh, so, uh, some kind of evolved being that would uh, shepherd the universe and it would give the publishers at DC an opportunity to reboot the line and start over with some of the titles that have been floundering for quite a while. They didn't do that. They sort of said, oh, we've made this big big event that pushed everybody over to the edge of, of what we could do into into a completely new territory. And then they just pull back and pretty much reestablish most of the status quo for most of the titles. A few tweaks here and there, a few a few adjustments to the timeline, more continuity, but really no big massive change that anybody can point to that says, aha, this was a reboot. And Wonder Woman, so effectively, Wonder Woman's big sacrifice turned out to be nothing. Now, after that, she didn't stay dead. <laughs> she was brought back under uh, Becky Cloonan and Michael Conrad, uh, who had a, long, a run that lasted, uh, I guess, about a year and a half to two years, somewhere in that range. And they went through this exercise of taking her through the afterlife or the underworld of Valhalla and all these different gods with really strange characters popping up like squirrels and, and all kinds of weird uh, characters that were kind of helping the dead, uh, the, uh, the, the uh, Greek gods who were dead now become undead. And eventually she was resurrected. And the resurrection itself was really a non-event. Basically all the characters saying, oh, you're back from the dead. Hooray. And they just went on about, went on about their day. Wonder Woman in and of herself really just didn't have much to do other than just say, okay, well, I'm just going to go back to hearing. It was really a non-event. Something that should have been big wasn't, and that's the problem. So now where are we now? The, uh, the, the character hasn't, wasn't rebooted so much as uh, started over with a new creative team. In this case, it's Tom King, Tom King and uh, Daniel Sampier on art, which is fantastic. I mean, you, you, if, you, if you want to say Tom King is really talented in any one particular area, he knows how to pick the best artists. And I suspect part of that is because that helps hide some of the flaws in the, in the script, but that's another conversation. Uh, the art is fantastic. But the story is just dreary and really wallows in the misery of people being terrible to each other. And Wonder Woman is in the middle of that, but she's not at all acting like herself. And she's sort of uh, basically going along with the misery as though uh, it's just natural and normal. And, and it's just not a fun, ready experience. It doesn't do anything to elevate the character. And it's not making anybody kind of wish to the, that they would be ready, wish that uh, Wonder Woman would just come out more often because it's just such a fantastic read. It's not. And so what you have is a long string of going back several years of writers and characters that just kind of flounder, don't do anything with the character, don't elevate her, don't make her more than she could be or should be, considering she's part of the Holy Trinity and the greatest you know, female superhero of I would say in either of the big two publishers, I can't think of a single Marvel character that's that has risen to her stature. No, no, no. So, so you get stuck in this rut, and I, I kind of playfully call it in the, in the op-ed the the lasso of stuck in a rut <laughs> because that's what it is. Is you just have a long string of creators that just don't know what to do either. So what's at the heart of the problem? And I really break this down into three areas of why Wonder Woman isn't kind of getting the attention she deserves and why she isn't being elevated by the creative teams that are on it. And I say creative teams, but that also includes the editors. Too often we kind of point at the, the writers or the artists or, or whoever we, we see on the name of the credits page to say that it's that person's fault this comic isn't good. But the editors have so much to do with it and they really don't bear enough of the responsibility when it comes to uh, fan consideration about how the, the comic is turning out. The editors have a huge part in how well or not 
Wonder Woman is turning out. So we're not going to pick on the editors, but we, we, we put responsibility where it belongs. Uh, first area that we're going to point at as far as why Wonder Woman doesn't really have the cachet or the reputational respect that she deserves is she just doesn't have a good rogues gallery. She's got characters in there. They're certainly unique, uh, but there's only a handful and they're not particularly challenging to the level of somebody's woman, uh, somebody of Wonder Woman's power and capability. If you pull the average person on the street and say, hey, tell me who's the, the, the if you said Batman, who's Batman's nemesis? You'd say Joker, you'd say Riddler, you'd say Penguin. Hey, who's Superman's nemesis? You'd say General Zod, you'd say uh, Mr. Mixoplick, you'd say uh, Lex Luthor, you'd say any number of characters. You'd say, who's Wonder Woman's nemesis? You might get Cheetah, maybe Dr. Psycho, possibly Maxwell Lord, but not really. Uh, and then for people who are more into the Lord, you get somebody like Ares. But really, these are lesser known characters, or at least rec- less, I would say less recognizable characters. And they just really don't give Wonder Woman that challenge, that push to have that epic battle of good versus evil that you'd want to see from that character. You need, you need a villain who is distinctive, uh, is as, at least as engaging as the hero, and is ideally as powerful or more powerful than the hero. And you just don't have that with Wonder Woman's Rose Gallery. She has one, it's weak, and that's a problem. We need better villains for Wonder Woman to confront, to kind of prove her worth and to push her past her limits. Uh, second, Wonder Woman doesn't really have a good handle on relationships. And, and I don't mean that as far as she's not capable, it's just the writers and creators, especially over the last couple of decades, just don't focus on that. She has a passive romantic relationship with Streve Trevor, but it's often in the background. You very rarely see it explored. Uh, she has a f- friendship with Etta Candy, but even that's not explored that much. Uh, she has now that Cheetah uh, is sort of uh, devolved into a, an anti-hero or a semi-hero or a hero or a villain on the mend into becoming a hero. Uh, Cheetah's actually got more <laughs> of, a, of, of a, a family relationship, and not just family. It could be romantic. It could be friends. It could be family as well. Uh, but Wonder Woman doesn't have that. She has passive relationships. She has acquaintances. At best, you can say that she has a, a strong relationship with her mother, uh, but even that relationship tends to be strained, tends to be uh, at a distance, and doesn't really go anywhere. Part of how we define characters is we define them through their relationships, because that's how we relate to the way we relate to people in our lives. And Wonder Woman, for, by and large, is almost treated like a, even though she is constantly spouting uh, the ideas of love and peace and, and, and bringing everybody together, She's often portrayed as a loner. She's very rarely hanging out with people. She's very rarely spending time with people uh, unless it's in some kind of uh, work capacity, work as in you know, being a hero. So you don't really see that. So it, it would be beneficial for that character to kind of get some relationships that people can relate to that, that help inform who she is at the heart of her. And the third uh, is, uh, sure, it's going to be a little bit controversial tro- uh, uh, comment, but I don't think it's, it's out of line. It's, it's very much in play. Is the, it, Wonder Woman gets too often associated with the misogyny trope. When she's co- confronted with villains, uh, even, whether it's an individual or a gang or, or some kind of big threat, more often than not, it's painted as men against uh, a powerful woman. And that's not to say that that problem doesn't exist. It certainly exists. The problem is it's every single time. When she's confronted by gods who are men, it's men trying to put women down. When she's confronted by, let's say, Dr. Psycho, well, Dr. Psycho is a bad example because he's pretty much a psycho. Uh, But 
Maxwell Lord, when he's up against, let's take the current run with Tom King, he's up against uh, this new villain called the Sovereign. But, this, but all of the conversation around what the Sovereign is doing is trying to put Wonder Woman down because they should be men better than women. It's, it's this pervasive underlying tone of Wonder Woman's greatest threat, by and large, wherever she goes, is misogyny. And that's to say that's not misogyny isn't a problem. Of course it's a problem. But when it's all she faces, you just sort of get into this doldrums of, is that the best you can do? Can't she just fight a villain who just happens to be a bad person? Can't she just fight a threat because this is a destructive threat? Why does it always have to be this man against woman uh, dichotomy? If you look at Superman, he's constantly fighting villains who are male and female, but you never see it as, well, women are attacking him because there is some sort of uh, misogynist threat or misandrist threat. You never see that with Batman or anybody else. It's only with Wonder Woman that somehow uh, the creators get stuck in this trap of Wonder Woman is a feminist icon, so every scenario we have to paint her in has to reinforce this, this trope of feminism overcoming uh, mis uh, misogyny or over overcoming some kind of social ill. That's not to say there isn't a place for that, but it's, when it's every time, it gets dull, it gets still boring, it's a trope that needs to go away. So how do we fix Wonder Woman? It's not, I won't say it's you know, easy, but it's simple. It's, you need to find, when I mean you, I mean DC Comics, needs to find a new status quo for what Wonder Woman could be or should be. One of the things I harp on all the time is Wonder Woman's capabilities and her powers don't make sense where there's a Superman. They're at odds with each other, and arguably he is stronger than she is because he has more powers. It's just the way it is. So there's no room for Wonder Woman in a world where there's a, super, where there's a Superman, except... Except Superman is vulnerable to magic, as an example of where we could go with this. Wonder Woman is right in that wheelhouse of magic. So if we're going to establish a new status quo for her, put her in charge of all things, all challenges, all threats, all dangers on Earth related to magic. That includes the underworld. That includes magical threats from other dimensions. That includes magical threats from heaven and below, you know, wherever they come from. And so there, now that we, now we strike a balance of the uh, Wonder Woman and Superman now being complementary to, to each other rather than competing with each other. So instead of trying to invite second-rate, instead of, instead of trying to invent second-rate villains for Wonder Woman, now you're, you're, you're dealing with threats that are right in line with what she, her best capabilities, things that the, you know, if we want to go that route, things the men can't do. And that's a fantastic idea. That's not the only idea, but that's an example. And so the idea, but the overall arching idea is we need to get away from the tropes. We need to get away from the ruts, find out where she can be maximized and then focus on that and then let the creators go wild with their imagination. If there are any left at Marvel and DC, they know how to do that. So that's it. I just wanted to talk about Wonder Woman and understand why, the, why Wonder Woman still seems to be a problem for DC. Talk about why those are problems and what we can do about it. But let me know your thoughts. Please like, share, comment, subscribe, and give me a comment. Uh, and before we move on to the rest of the newsletter, I just want to thank you. And it's a late Thanksgiving, so happy late Thanksgiving. And as, by the time you're watching this or reading this, it's uh, Cyber Monday, so happy shopping. Hopefully you find some good deals. So let's move on to the uh, rest of the newsletter. So uh, I also had the opportunity to sit in on the Comic Aficionados roundtable this past Saturday. Uh, we talked about the Wonder Woman uh, issue that just came out for different, more pointed uh, at uh, DC's uh, editorial's lack of direction for the character, but more along the lines of Tom King's writing, which is not fun. So we talked about that, but we also talked about a few other topics as well. So give it a watch. Uh, please support Comics Fishing Models as well as our own channel. So I'd appreciate that. And uh, let us know what you think. 
And uh, <clears throat> last but not least, uh, the, comic, the Making a Comic series, which we've kicked off with episode one a couple weeks back, is still in the works. What we're doing is we're working on the character Bibles right now. So we're creating profiles for the main hero, which is, if you've watched the previous video, is Silver Streak, and his supporting cast of characters, both allies and villains. So that is coming up. We haven't stopped. It's just that's that's a bigger piece. Selecting a character was pretty easy compared to running out the character Bible. So we're working all of that out. And then once we have it, we'll sit down and kind of show you what we've got. And we'll even include links where maybe you can download some of the templates that we use to create those profiles. Uh, okay, so let's move on to the reviews of the week. Uh, for once, we have a tie for pick, of, for pick of the week because we have two issues that are strong for different reasons. Both are good. Both like them a lot but we didn't want to pick one over the other because they're just too different. So the first pick of the week is Conan the Barbarian number five from Titan Comics. Fantastic comic from Jim Zub. And, pick, and the second pick of the week is Universal Monsters Dracula number two from James Tinian over at Image. So those are our picks of the week. Good stuff. Try them out. Uh, you also have links to the rest of the comics we reviewed this week. I don't think we had... No, we didn't have any, any stinkers in the bunch, so we did pretty good on that one. Uh, moving on to what's coming up this week, we have Captain Cush number one and Darkest Route number one both indie submissions. We have The Bone Tribe. It's a one-shot as part of a four-part one-shot series from a smaller, newer publisher, Dead Sky Publishing, and they seem to be focused on splatter horror, which we like. Jennifer Blood, Battle Diary, number one, Vampirella, Dead Flowers, Flowers, number three, and 007 for King and Country, number six, and Savage Red Sonya, number six, all from Dynamite Comics. Dynamite's got a big, busy week this week, so we'll, we'll see how they do. Empath number one and Dead Detective number one, both from a publisher we haven't seen from a while, seen in a while, Black Box Comics. Uh, we have Bell House of Glass Zenoscope uh, from Zenoscope. That issue may or may not come out. I think it might have been pushed, but we'll see. We also have Darkwing Duck number 10 from Dynamite. Then we have Simon Says number three from Blood Moon, Under the Influence number five, and I believe that's the last issue in that miniseries uh, from Mad Cave. And we also have Calling the Great War, also from Dynamite. It's a big Dynamite week. So... We'll see. We'll see how they do. Uh, they've been pretty good, but sometimes you get some misses in with the hits. So that's it. Thank you for joining us. It is Monday, November 27th. I am your publisher in EIC, Gabe Hernandez for ComicalOpinions.com. Have a blessed day, and we will talk to you soon.